Welcome to another tantalizing episode of the Blue Line Brothers. I'm Fred. I'm Frank. And we're back at you, uh, technically, internationally now. Yes. Yeah. So we In definitely... four countries. Yeah, four countries. Um, so technically, we have, what, two and a half percent of the EU listening to us right now. I, I, I think it's more like point zero zero two. Come on, just help inflate my ego just a wee bit. All right, it's it's 2%. All right, thanks. But in all seriousness, we want to say thank you to everybody tuning in. This is uh, uh, quite surprising, actually. Yeah, I I never thought that uh, two low-lifes like us would uh, garner such interest to the general public. Well, that and we we have to express some um, appreciation because it's got to be excruciatingly painful to listen to a couple of knuckle draggers <laughs> exactly. talking on a channel like this. So I uh, thank you very much for your support. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in. And uh, once again, we're we're here to provide um, entertainment. Uh, yes. You know, we're, we are definitely not attorneys. Uh, you can tell within the first 10, 15 seconds of listening to us. But um, Shoot him yeah. in the face. I mean, uh, yes. No, the gizzard. Shoot him in the gizzard. Yeah. According well. to a certain law enforcement academy... <laughs> Uh, wait a minute, we can't go there. <clears throat> just yeah, forget, yeah, for, there. forget I said that. Uh, but just remember, uh, if you ever have to take arms against anyone, shoot them in the gizzard. Aim right. for the gizzard, you'll be okay. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess we'll maybe... Wait, no, maybe we won't. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many stupid stories out here to discuss that it's not even funny. But <laughs> Make uh, a whole other channel produced for that. Oh, yeah. But uh, doom and gloom. We're going to talk a little bit about doom and gloom. Uh just a quick side note for those who have been with us since the beginning, um, all both of you, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we did have to uh, remove uh, a couple of episodes, uh, and one of which was Doom. So when you notice our uh, list of episodes, you'll see uh, something about, um, uh, what, what was that uh, uh, part two episode we did on the original Doom it was um, something about um, opportunities, opportunity, endless opportunities. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, if if you would uh, just keep in in mind endless opportunities when we talk about doom and gloom, uh, because obviously you know not everything's doom and gloom, but um, we we do have to to bring up a few things that uh, uh, could be on everybody's mind here shortly. Uh, it actually should be on everybody's mind. Well, here's the deal. Uh, a lot of geopolitical activities going on around the world. Um, obviously, that's why we call it geopolitical. But uh, what's interesting is a whole lot of stuff just is not being um, uh, communicated to the masses, if you will. So um, all of this stuff has been by design. If you have listened to previous episodes, then um, we've made uh, reference to a number of reasons why. And uh, one of which, that's that, well, it's one reason why we... Uh, expose Sun Tzu and the art of war and, and get into all the tenets of, of Sun Tzu and everything like that. So it might make things a little bit easier to quote unquote see um, as things actually happen in front of us. So, well, okay, a quick disclaimer this is not a conspiracy theory or anything like that. This is legitimate stuff that you can go and research and find yourself. It's yes. happening in front of your face. Now, the problem is it takes more than one or two finger swipes on your smart thingy in your hand to... It, I better not say smart thingy. It might refer to something else. But, uh, 
uh, yeah. yeah, you know, um, your computerized device. Um, yeah, it, it takes uh, something called research. And once again, uh, there's a whole lot of us out here that just, you know, either we're too busy or we're just too lazy to, to, to do the research and realize what's really going on. So we want to pass on some of these things because that is actually how we've structured our channel here. Uh, and it may seem kind of topsy-turvy with some of the topics that we've chosen, but there is actually method to our madness. Uh, we're going to be getting deeper into the tenets of Sun Tzu and some of the lessons that we've learned uh, in the military with, with Frank and, and law enforcement with me and um, to try to expose some of these things and actually bridge that gap between uh, understanding a, a theory and actually applying it to a real-world scenario because we both kind of have a feeling that the real-world scenarios may get uh, quite intense here in a short period of time. Yeah, I mean, all you got to do is step back and, and look at how society as a whole has gone just in the last six months. And then start thinking about how the lack of being able to have the convenience to go to the store and buy whatever you want and being able to afford it... Um, that should be an eye-opener. And exactly what you're talking about, Frank, uh, those are end results of something that we kind of like to refer to as social manipulation. Uh, once again, another very beautiful quote from Sun Tzu, all of war is deception. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what has been implemented um, with us, as far as a society goes, for as long as we've been alive, and of course longer. Excuse me. So, uh, those that uh, might consider their, yourselves uh, students of history uh, might remember uh, studying something back in around 1912 with, uh, when the IRS was formed and uh, something about the 16th Amendment and um, something occurred on Jekyll Island <clears throat> with a bunch of people. And those people happened to be um, members of, well, the New World Order. Okay, and what we refer to as a new world order now. And uh, once again, what, merely two or three years ago, this was all considered conjecture. It was considered uh, conspiracy theory, blah, blah, blah. But once again, uh, if one digs deep enough, one will find reference to these points that we make uh, uh, documented, if you will. Maybe not technically in a quote-unquote history book. I love using air quotes on the podcast, by the way. Well, but uh, <clears throat> at any rate, uh, things like uh, the Emergency Banking Act of 1933 under FDR that basically bankrupted the country as we knew it. Okay, So technically, I don't know who might be aware, but technically we have not lived in a constitutional republic since 1933. And uh, once again, please don't believe us. Uh, go ahead and look it up for yourself. And please uh, tell us that we're wrong, as a matter of fact. So once again, uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously here, but the Emergency Banking Act actually placed this country, uh, well, actually converted this country into a bankrupt uh, national corporation, if you will. It's the best way to, to describe it. And uh, with that... That's why we have birth certificates now. This is why we have uh, notary publics, because uh, we 
technically just live in a democracy. I say just a democracy because we have not been a constitutional republic by definition since 1933. So in all intents and purposes, uh, FDR and the New World Order, um, he was New World Order, Woodrow Wilson, New World Order, um, uh, he was New World Order back when he was president of Princeton and, and all that stuff. But the whole thing is um, uh, we don't live in the country that we think we live in, I say in, in general terms. And the other aspect with that Banking Act is that it put us, our government, within a state of emergency, uh, well, in which we still uh, operate. So it's any, any given president... Uh, can literally say two words and um, it starts with an M your, your and an bump? L. Well, yeah, martial. Oh, martial, that that uh, one, yeah, the martial law thing. Oh, yeah, martial yeah. law, yeah. <clears throat> so that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. We are in a situation that um, many people just don't realize. I and, mean, we're we're probably closer to. An all-out martial law scenario than probably 90% of the population actually understand or believe. Yeah. I mean, and we have been for quite some time, and, actually. And the thing is, you're not going to get a heads up about it. You're not going to say, okay, a week from tomorrow, martial law. No, you're going to wake up and you're going to be in martial law in the world that you... Are used to now, is non-existent. Now, here's the thing with that. Um, this we talk about manipulation. Okay, the powers that be. Uh, I think Frank, you mentioned this uh, before we actually started recording. Uh, the the overlords. Yeah. Is that okay? So uh, <clears throat> once again, we have uh, our term for politicians in general: devil spawn. Mm -hmm. That's what they are. They're devil spawn. Uh, however, those who are manipulating the politicians, you know, the marionette, those who are uh, uh, really activating the marionette cords would be the overlords, the evil overlords. Mm -hmm. And, of course, these overlords literally come out of a James Bond 007 movie. I mean, really. Now, you know, you look at the Schwab idiot. And, I mean, I have actually spent a number of hours uh, reading and studying the information uh that they have on the, the World Economic Forum website. Uh, yes, it will um, boggle your mind, uh, but these bad guys, kind of like the arch villain, I mean, every arch villain in 007 <coughs> has to make known their plans for mm -hmm. world domination or destruction or whatever they're trying to do, right? I mean, it's within their, it's ingrained within their ego. They have to let everybody know Who's responsible for what's about to happen? Well, this goofball called Schwab um, is doing the same thing. But they try to mask it on the website uh, with all this... Uh, uh, it's double talk. Double speak, uh, circular thought processes and, and things like that. Uh, a number of illogical jargon crap uh, that they do. But digging deeper into that... <clears throat> excuse me. I, I did learn, and, and these goofballs actually admit that they do want to take over the world economically, financially. They want to reduce the world's population uh, to only about 
half a billion people. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is they only want enough of us serfs to survive in order to serve them. So, um, but they want control over the serfs. Uh, that's why you see a whole lot of farmland being purchased. You see a whole lot of food processing plants being destroyed, things like that. This is all by design. Once again, you don't have to believe us. Feel free to research on your own and please convince us that we're wrong. And once again, uh, we're a couple of knuckle-draggers, knuckle um, <laughs> but uh, the, the, the state of the world is uh, what the state of the world is. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a smart man and I can figure this out. It is, and it does take a little bit of research. Uh, and once again, I'll tell you, um, I had a headache after reading that garbage on the uh, economic, or the World Economic Forum uh, website. And like I said, it took me a, a number of hours to actually dig down deep enough to find uh, the stuff that I found. So I mean, here, here it is in, in like the bottom line. People just need to pull their head out of their ass, open their eyes, and see what is about to happen. It, things, and, and there again, we don't have a crystal ball, and obviously knuckle-draggers aren't smart enough to properly prognosticate anything in the future. However, uh, once again, we're driven uh, toward that um, superior mindset concept. And with that being is, we, <clears throat> especially with experience in public safety and, and the military, uh, we expect the very worst-case scenario. Okay, whatever happens is a pleasant surprise. So, uh, do I think the world's going to blow up tomorrow? No, I don't. As a matter of fact, uh, somebody asked me the other day, Oh my gosh, uh, this is the end of the world, end of days. And I'm saying, no, it's not the end of days. Okay, yeah. it's not the end of days. This is, not, this is going to be a, a rather large battle. Uh, it's going to be an extremely large um worldwide event. Uh, we look at what's going on in Sri Lanka right now, um, and then we see things uh, uh, start to take place in China and other uh, countries, even in India. Um, but what is very disturbing currently with our country is that uh, the dollar will no longer be the world reserve currency. Now, we can get you, into... You might have to explain that. Uh, yes. Now, the thing <clears throat> is, <clears throat> once again, it goes back to that history lesson that I touched upon earlier. Uh, let's just say that um, if one were to go and study the actions of Abraham Lincoln, uh, you would probably be uh, an, an even bigger fan of Abraham Lincoln. He actually put this country um, on... Well, actually, uh, the slang terminology of greenbacks, uh -huh. okay? Uh, greenbacks were actually government-issued dollars backed only by the government. In other words, there was no central bank, okay? Alexander oh. Hamilton was a great forefather, but the crappiest idea ever was to possess a national bank, central bank. Well, that was back when they actually had a, you know... Something, the, the form of payment, form of money was, oh, I don't know, a gold coin? Well, see, that's the whole thing. 
it goes back to, uh, I'll just say, once again, we have to be somewhat careful uh, uh, of our uh, references, so we'll just say the Roth children. How about yeah. that? Well, they uh, are. It is you, plural, so plur, yeah. Plur, yes, definitely plural. You might, uh, if, if, if you you can uh, definitely um, check your smart device if you're not familiar with that with my uh, reference there. But the Roth's children um, did a very good job of of manipulating the world as it was back in the 1700s, and of course the descendants that that family obviously still in existence. And still doing uh, what they're doing. And if mm -hmm. you want to know oh, who might be behind a lot of these things, excuse me, it's like a family tree, if you will. I guess <laughs> is a good way to put it. Without, it doesn't have any branches. <clears throat> yeah, very, very, very few. <clears throat> so uh, they convinced a number of countries. Uh, to go into debt, and that was um, obviously a very bad thing. Uh, people like Napoleon, uh, he was against that concept. Um, our forefathers were against that concept, and that's one reason we uh, floated across the pond, if you will. Um, but obviously. Everybody wanted to have a hand in the till with the new world, okay, even after we won our independence. So we had a number of foreign leaders uh, try to, once again, manipulate things into their favor so they could invest or purchase or own a portion of the new world. And of, so there was a contest going on with, with all of that stuff. And once again, we're not the History Channel, so we could be here for hours on end getting into the uh, ins and outs of all that stuff. So feel free to find a book or two. Like I said, it's kind of hard to find a book or two that actually explains everything in detail. Um, uh, but at any rate, uh, the bottom line is um, the dollar... Uh, fell victim, okay, after the assassination of Lincoln, the greenback, I'd say, quickly died, uh, I mean, technically it was around for a couple of decades, but they started quickly de developing alternate currencies, and the uh, legislation uh, voted to go back to a, um, a uh, central bank uh, um, funded dollar, okay, so the greenback, I think the last greenbacks left circulation probably in the late 1800s, if I'm, if I remember correctly. And uh, of course, I believe it was right before the Civil War, wasn't it? It was afterward. Yeah, uh, it after Lincoln was assassinated in '65, it, it the they stopped printing greenbacks a year or so after that, or within that. No, no, year. I mean at, at its heyday. Oh, it's in heyday. Yes, yeah. yes. He he was. Uh, able to get basically the country out of debt um, by 62 or 63. And um, so for a brief period in time, uh, the country did enjoy uh, existence uh, debt-free. Um, and people, people were, were actually happy. Well, obviously, we, we had the Confederacy at the time, and um, that also had a lot to do, you know, that 
once again, it's it's all about influence and manipulation. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, but the whole thing is uh, we ended back we ended up back on on a debt system uh, with a central bank. We had what three iterations of a central bank prior to 1912, and in 1912 that's when the 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 final hammer really dropped. The New World Order had its act together. Uh, they had the the support of the Rothschilds. And all of that, they, so all everything came fell into line. The IRS was developed. The Sixteenth Amendment was passed, and um, bingo, we have um, a debt-based system with a central bank. And who was running the central? Who's running the Fed now? To this day, it's the same New World Order members. Okay? Uh, I believe it's a private entity, isn't it? The Rothschilds. Mm. Oh, did I say that? Oh, well, yeah. Um, uh, well, technically owned by a handful of banks, uh, used to be 16 banks, and they all, you know, once again follow the family tree of the banking system, and guess what? Ross children at the top. Yep. So that's that's who owns the Fed, that's who's been manipulating the Fed, uh, and obviously other world, well, all, other central banks of other countries as well. So, um, there again, a quick quick synopsis of what's going on. So, the whole thing is, up until... 1970, whenever when Nixon decided, hey, we're going to take the dollar, uh, the you know the gold backing from the dollar. Okay, um, the yep. dollar had some substance, even though it's basically a fiat currency. It had some substance because it was backed by gold, and of course, after Nixon, uh, it's only backed by debt. Okay, like yeah, most fiat was... currencies in the world now, is only backed by debt. That was the proverbial final nail in the coffin when they took it off the gold standard. Yes. So when you see, in all lifetimes, a lot of us Gen Xers, you know, we were born in the late 60s, early 70s. So most, if not all of our lifetimes, uh, every administration, once again, it doesn't make a difference upon political party. Okay. If you're still focused on political parties, you <clears throat> haven't received the proper concept uh, of what's really going on here. It makes no difference because New World Order, you know, all the parties are basically the same. Okay, as long as we're as long as we're infighting each other, you know. Once again, classic Sun Tzu here. Okay, divide and conquer. Okay, so as long as we're divided, we get more and more divided. We're easily conquered, and that's exactly what's happening right now. So uh, we have the the social strife going on that was created. Once again, that's one reason we we started this podcast because hey. Not all cops are evil and all this stuff. So a lot of the stuff that's been portrayed through the media that's paid off by you-know-who, okay? No, you, who? You know, um, Bob Blah Blah. Oh, that guy. Yeah, Mr. Blah Blah, the evil, oh, the evil warlord. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so this is the whole thing. If you realize, you start to see the social manipulation afoot, you know, through our lifetime at least. Now, it goes back, well, I know we're steep, steep, steeped into history right now, but uh, let's go back to FDR for just a minute, because I have to say this, um, no matter what this guy's attitude was, you know, I, I definitely disagree with, with uh, some of his, his uh, brash harshness and, and, and things like that, but George Patton was a man that was um, on the brink of... Um, destroying destroying the whole New World Order mantle. Okay. Oh, uh, you mean before he quote-unquote had an accident? 
Yes, because everybody knows, uh, okay, all us LEOs out here that have experience working crash investigations, you know, we all know that uh, any major crash investigation, uh, well, I should say any major crash involving at least uh, one automobile involves a bullet hole in somebody's torso. Yeah. Every single one. Well, back then. No demand. Yeah. Back then, they had a, a 38 mounted in the steering wheel. So oh, was that it? An impact, because they didn't have airbags, they figured, uh, you know, a single 38 would go off, hit you in the chest, and it would, you know, so that would curb explain, your suffering. So that would explain why Patton's driver walked away uh, without a scratch on him. Mm-hmm. And Patton, so they must have put it in the uh, glove box instead of the steering wheel. Yep. Okay, uh, he had, he actually had the um, uh, Trader model. Oh, that's so it. instead it, of the thirty-eight being in okay, the steering wheel, it was right. located in the. Dashboard. That's that's why FDR invested stock in the, that right, business. Right, okay. Right, oh, right, did right. I say that out loud? Yeah, right. Patton. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, in his infinite wisdom, and I will say the the man was extremely wise, uh, wise beyond his years, literally. And I say that because. Uh, Patton, uh, after the Battle of the Bulge, uh, uh, sent back, you know, obviously they didn't have internet back in World War II, you know, in, the, in 45, 44, 45. Uh, he sent word back to FDR that, hey, I need this, this, and this. I'm going to take out the Nazis and I'm going to take out the communists. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know, I know what's going on here. I know who's behind everything. I'm going to take out everything. Okay, all I need is this, this, and this. And I know that we have what, what I need. Uh, send me this stuff, and uh, I'm going to put an end to all of this stuff. FDR sends back and says, uh, no, you're going to do what you're told. And, of course, you know, Patton doesn't take that very well, especially when he says, look, you know, uh, a whole lot of lives were lost for me to get to this position, and it would be criminal for me not to do the right thing. Okay, so I am going to take out the Nazis, and I'm going to take out the communists, and I'm going to put this new world order crap to bed. Well just so happened that Eisenhower, uh, much to my chagrin, by the way, because I really admired the man for D-Day and, and everything that he did there, but uh, Eisenhower was New World Order, so was FDR. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, something happened uh, because Patton literally threatened FDR and said, okay, I'm going to be back to talk to you in person, buddy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is how it's going to be. And uh, boom. Uh, yeah. Whoops. So... You have to put some things in perspective here. Um, uh, a, a lot of things in history that may not be in, in every history book, um, because a lot of that was definitely not in my history books in high school. Yeah, I don't remember that in mine. So, um, that's the thing. We, we as a society have been manipulated uh, multifarious ways for decades. And... Uh, once again, you go back, you can actually find the Emergency Banking Act of 33 and read it. You can read some of FDR's executive orders online that have been archived, and uh, you will see that, holy crap, uh, really this country has been in a financial mess since the early 30s. Well, prior to that, because once again, had legislation not screwed up the greenback, we would have been just fine. Okay, but no, we can't do that because uh, the Roth children want to take the world over and, and have everything for themselves. So, uh, but that's where we are now. Okay, so we have, um, that's why all of the uh, legislators and um, 
political administrations, uh, as long as we've been around alive, um, they have been racking up debt, racking up debt, racking up debt, because that's the only way to keep the dollar vi uh, viable worldwide. Okay, And what happened is uh, OPEC, of course, they made a deal with OPEC back in the day and said, look, you know, um, you know, after the, the oh, uh, Forrest Glenn, uh, crap, I can't remember, it's off the tip of my tongue right now. Oh, shit. Um, um, but, you know, the, the meeting that they had and, and that basically after World War II, they determined that the, the, the dollar would be the, the world's uh, uh, reserve currency. Uh, it'll come to me. Yeah, it'll come to me too. I just can't. Uh, Walden Glenn or something. I, I can't remember. Uh, but at any rate, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. That is how the dollar became the the um, uh, world reserve currency. And through that, you know, um, a decade or two down the pike, uh, they start um, working with other countries. And then in the seventies, they get you know OPEC was formed and, and all this stuff. And they said, hey, look. We'll make you a deal, you know, uh, all the oil that's purchased from OPEC or in Saudi Arabia will be in U.S. dollars, and, uh, of course, that would just embolden and strengthen the U.S. dollar worldwide. Yeah. Well, here's what happened just recently that nobody wants to talk about again, um, is that uh, Russia, uh, China, um, Iran, uh, Brazil, Argentina, and a number of uh, BRICS countries, as they refer to themselves, uh, along with Saudi Arabia, they made a plan and decided, you know what, uh, we don't like the dollar anymore. It's crap. Uh, so you know what, uh, it's not backed by anything but debt, and um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to create our own currency, uh, either go through the China Chinese yuan or, or the rupee or ruple or whatever, and we're going to uh, make it backed by gold. We're going to back our BRICS currency uh, by gold. And by doing that, it will be a stable currency. And countries now will have an option. They can start buying oil from Saudi Arabia uh, without using a dollar. Mm -hmm. Now, what that's going to do macroeconomically is throw all those dollars <laughs> back to our country. We are going to get flooded with dollars. Okay, and what's going to happen is that will drive down the value of the dollar to nil, nothing. Okay, and when that happens, uh, your savings that are in dollars will be worth nothing. Uh, your 401ks in dollars will be worth nothing. Okay, um, the $20 bill you have in your wallet will be worth um, toilet paper, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay, colored toilet paper is what you will have. So, uh, of course, when that happens, that's when everything hits the skids economically. Uh, okay, and remember, we are a defunct country, financially defunct country. So, when that happens, uh, I'm going to say that it's quite possible that we could cease to be much of a country at all. Um, we owe everything to the IMF the in, uh, International Monetary Fund. Uh, most of our debt goes back to that, uh, or ourselves, but what are we going to pay ourselves when the dollar is worth zero? Well, on one side of the coin, yes, <clears throat> you are correct. But on the other side of the coin, 
I would like to believe that when, not if, that happens, that we the people will band together and fix our country and essentially cut the government out and all of their corrupt ways and take care of ourselves and rebuild like we've done many times possible. before. That is possible. And here and before <clears throat> anybody jumps to a conclusion, we are not talking about some violent overthrow of anything. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are well, not talking about violence or anything like that. Officially, uh, Frank and Fred deplore violence. However, it is possible to correct things. Okay, that's the whole thing. When you talk about doom and gloom, there's always opportunities. There's always a silver lining. There's always uh, positivity to be had if we so choose to focus on the positivity. Okay, so we've explained most of the doom and the gloom stuff. Okay, well, I say most of it because, once again, people seem to forget that there have been a number of Chinese troops amassing in Canada and a whole bunch of uh, and- intercontinental... Uh, Chinese armament being amassed in northern South America, but well, did I forget to mention the the troops in Canada have grown exponentially since December. Yes, they have, and, and of course, the not only have ballistic. they have boots on the ground, but they've also have armament, meaning tanks and you know things that go boom from a long distance away. Yes, um, <clears throat> they're in Canada right now. Yes. They're, they're there for, quote-unquote, winter training, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and the yes. bitch of it is, coming across the Canadian border, they could be they could be in uh, you know the southern part of Wyoming before you even know it. They could come across the, uh, Michigan and be in Fort Wayne before you no. realize it. You, you, they, you seem to forget something. They, they don't understand. We have... We have some natural barriers. Well, I, I'm, and, just, wild, I'm just you know, saying. like like moose. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, but uh, grizzly bear. When when I say you, know. you before you knew it, meaning that the mainstream media would put it out, or well, yeah, the um, you, the resident at uh, lives in that big house on Pennsylvania Avenue. Who's that? Um, you, you know, I don't want to call him the president. He's more the resident. Uh, I didn't know we squatter. had anybody. I I thought that was vacant. Oh yeah, he yeah. That's I right. mean, I, I, it, it, aren't they putting that up for rent or something? I, I think so. Maybe short term uh, lease. Yeah, you know, it, it, turn it into a, like a retirement house or something. You would have an actual full blown invasion, bef- and it would be in full swing before it would be a blurb on mainstream. So you're trying to tell me news. that they they're actually trying to hurt our feelings? Oh, I think so. Oh my gosh. Luckily, mean, I don't have any feelings, but yeah. You're, you're going to that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went there. Frank, leave it to you <clears throat> to just take us all the way down. I oh, mean, I, I can what? go a lot. I can go a lot further and a lot deeper. But I, I'm thinking that you know, I, I used to work out west, man. There are a lot of moose out there, and if you don't piss off a moose, man, you know what happens when you piss off moose? Yeah, they piss I've on you. Seen, I've seen it firsthand. You do not want to be in front of a bull moose. And piss them, a pissed off bull moose. Well, even a, a quiet moose because they get pissed very in a drop of a hat. But, but, <clears throat> well, yeah, you're right, Frank. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. Things, things could get bad. 
And, and when we say bad, it's who knows how bad, but 99% of society is nowhere nearly prepared for what could actually happen. They're not. And we're not saying that it will happen, but once again, what could happen uh, and what will happen, kind of like trying to, to prove something I mean, in court. You know, what you know and what you can prove in court are two different things. Not, not, to, not to sound cynical, but, you know, the, the typical snowflakes that are out here, um, they're, they're not ready for it, and they'll be just the proverbial cannon fodder. That's it. Well, and keep in mind, you know, I mean, they're, there's really they're, they're going to go out in the street with their little skinny jeans on and their man bun and go, oh my God, what's going on? And boom, they're done. Yeah. I hate to say it, but yeah, that's you know, now keep in mind, the what, government's going to save us. No, they're not. The what, government's what, what put you here. What happened? Remember about three or four years ago, what happened in New York? Uh, when about what a quarter of the city's uh, power grid went out? Oh, they were like just beside themselves. They went nuts. With I hell think, on earth. I think it was out for what maybe forty eight hours, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not well, no. I thought it was like seventy two hours. Okay. It, it was a it was a considerable and, amount of time. And what happened? But I mean, it was like were pandemonium. Oh yes, yes. Absolute pandemonium. And all somebody has to do is flip a switch. Mm -hmm. now, now, just imagine if the grid went down for an undisclosed amount of time. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, two things, two proverbial switches could be flipped. And you talk about manipulation. Is that from the safe to semi? Uh, shut off the power, shut off oh, your phone. Oh, that one. Oh, those switches. Yeah. Yeah, shut off the smart device and shut down the power. Mm -hmm. Look at the situation. Uh, our power grid as it is, is ancient. Um, can be, heck, we, we can, uh, it wasn't too long ago that uh, one of Putin's comrades was boasting about the fact that they can send up a satellite or two and do the old EMP mm -hmm. routine and uh, shut down most of the country at a drop of a hat. Okay, so thinking about what... Well, and, and think about this. So, you have, let's just say China and Russia. What do we have that they want? Natural resources. Right. Yeah. So... In order for them to gain access to the natural resources and just the country in general, they've got to rule out any kind of nuclear attack. Even if it's a strategic pinpoint, it doesn't matter. Right. They've got to rule that out. So well, the only other yeah. option is an EMP attack. They take out the grid. Then they sit back and they just wait because... When, when you don't have your phone, you don't have electricity, uh, guess what? It's You're going like, to start turning on each other, and then yeah. they're just going to come in and mop up the, the, the rest and say, okay, here's the deal. You can come join us, 
or you can join the you can pile. Go, you can go uh, take a shower in that stall, but don't worry, you won't need a towel. Exactly. Yeah. So it's almost like laying siege for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really don't have to expend a whole lot of resources to lay siege in a situation like that. I mean, in a technological siege. And that's exactly what they would be doing, is laying siege. I mean, they're already uh, corrupting the food sources, mm -hmm. uh, water sources. So, yes, once again, it, actually very, I say slowly but surely. I mean, obviously, these plans were set into motion decades ago, but now we're seeing things ramp up quite a bit because what happens? We're getting close to that, um, um, well, well and, the, the, the D-Day. You have and, to look um, at it this way, too. The United States has been the big boy on the block for, you know, decades. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've never really had our ass handed to us. We've but had a few black eyes, sure. I, I mean, we're going to the we, semantics of that. But, you know, we have just here lately... It's come to the surface of just how rotten to the core that this really is. And it's about to start to collapse on itself. The thing is, we see just how rotten to the core our government has been mm -hmm. all this time. Okay, once again, we have uh, people that uh, talk about the, um, the um, corporate military complexes and things like that. Where, hey, we've been causing wars here. Well, who has it been? Okay, stop and think for a second. Okay, the New World Order, as I mentioned before, impinged our government back in the, the 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. All right? The New World Order has been running our company. Our, our company, well, <laughs> actually it is. Yeah. Like I said, it's a defunct company. Okay, it's not uh, uh, the, the Democratic Republic that we that our forefathers designed and established, okay? Uh, leave it to the New World Order to dismantle that. And that's exactly what they've done. So uh, they have been um, ensconced within our political processes all of this time. And they've been getting what they want and slowly turning the tide the way they want it, as well as keeping us divided. Uh, look at just the last couple of years, uh, it's to the point to where uh, we have to redefine what a vaccine is. <laughs> we, well, we, have and, to, you know, it's, it's, we have to take into account that uh, men can have babies, and they actually teach this garbage in college, well, and it's, um, this is where we're at, okay? No, no matter, once again, you have to be willing to throw your political affiliation out of the window, okay? Because this is not a slant. It's not an attack on the people, okay? Um, you know, what we're saying, okay, is, is what I'm trying to say. Our, our statements that we're making right now isn't against people that are for or against this or that or whatever topic. That's the whole point to this is that one must catapult him or herself above that level in order to understand and, well, there again, air quotes on podcast, see what is actually going on. And that's why we promote, read the book, read The Art of War, 
okay, the greatest 13 chapters on strategy ever composed on this planet, okay, read those 13 chapters. Now, it is much akin to studying law, okay, one does not just read uh, a case, a Supreme Court case, and the dissenting opinions, and all of a sudden, uh, snap of a finger, I understand everything, okay, that's not how this works, um, <laughs> It, it, uh, uh, you read and reread and reread and reread and reread again, okay? To and then you might go, well, I think I understand. That that's in order just to brief the case, and that's what we had to do in criminal law is brief cases, okay? And that's how you, the, the proper uh, education of, of law, unlike you know what some uh, academies have uh, developed mm. of late uh, that we talked about earlier. But the whole thing is. Uh, that's the whole idea. It, once again, to be able to um, attain or, or strive for that superior mindset, one must be able to um, dismantle some of those uh, precepts that have been planted in your in, in one's mind um, over time. And I've done the same thing. I know Frank, you have. You know, we talk about this stuff. Now, it was a lot easier for us to see things because of our experiences in law enforcement. And uh, we joke around about this stuff. Of course, that's one reason that, you know, we're going to get into this in future episodes. But, you know, the the uh, the things that you see and you deal with and everything. And, and, you know, back in the day, it was, all right, get ready for tomorrow. Okay. Excuse me. Just just repress whatever is, is going on in your head because guess what? You've got to be, you're going to start all over again in the next shift. And if you... Um, so, you know, even tried to utter the words, Hey, I'm, I'm having a problem with this. Oh, you're too weak to be a cop. Get the hell out. We've got somebody else that can replace you. McDonald's is hiring. Okay. So that's how that stuff worked back in the day. And of course now we have, Oh my gosh. Yes. You might be mentally scarred after dealing with this, 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 and this. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've got to get your head straight before, you know, things. Oh, do, okay. Do you need a timeout? Yes, yeah. Oh, just keep Christ. a time mark card in your in your wallet, and you'll be just fine. But that's the whole thing. So when guys like us uh, <laughs> talk about these things, we have a very morbid sense of humor because that was one way for us to deal with the stuff uh, with which we dealt, and um, that's how we know how to handle things. So well, that um, and you have to have the mindset of you know you can have your opinion. Mm-hmm. I can have my opinion. And if your opinion doesn't jive with mine, then you're wrong. Then well, move on. once again, uh, I go back. I, I, I studied a lot of philosophy in school uh, when I got to college because that's what I wanted. I, I, I knew I had some educational deficiencies from high school. So um, I figured, well, if I'm going to spend a boatload of money for uh, college, I might as well try to get something out of it. So, uh, and, and I became... Um, enthralled with somebody called Plato. And uh, that man... Uh, Is he the one that made the uh, the, the stuff, that, the dough that kids make play with? No, no. No, that was his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bob, Bob Plato. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He, he, he invented the, the, the Plato. Um, oh, okay. But Plato um, 
once again, actually, <laughs> in his time, it was very much akin to this time. He was one of the few in society that understood and could quote-unquote see what was going on and how corrupt the government was. So he, in his own way, was attempting to combat that and provide enlightenment in ways not to uh, disrupt uh, society or to inflame society, but to enlighten society. Okay, and he understood that enlightenment is power. The ultimate form of power, as a matter of fact. And so, of course, uh, he was quickly accused of corrupting the youth and was given an option. Okay, we'll either, uh, you know, kill you our way or you can just drink some hemlock. So, all right, well, my my time here is complete. Uh, <clears throat> there's, there's no way I'm getting out of this. Just give me the damn hemlock. All right. But the whole thing is, why did he gain wisdom? Okay, a couple of things. One, uh, he learned things. He read. He read books. He studied people. Okay, um, he also um, did his level best to keep his ego out of the way. He was a very, very humble man. Okay, his humility allowed him to learn. Okay, he developed uh, something, what he called his dialectic, in order to teach uh, an art, uh, literally a form of art uh, known as the argument. Okay, mm -hmm. unlike today. <clears throat> The argument was a philosophical tool utilized to gain enlightenment. Okay, that's what the argument was. And there is a process to that argument, and Socrates developed his dialectic to teach um, the, the art of argument. To, to get, and, of course, that you know earned him a, a big old gulp of hemlock uh, down yeah. the pike. But that's the whole thing. You know, set aside your ego for just a moment or two, and realize that, you know what, I don't know it all, okay? Yeah, I, I don't but... know it all, and you know what? If somebody else has a differing opinion, don't get me wrong. It could be all askew. It, it may not be. It may be full of fallacy. Who knows? But you know what? If you consider it, maybe I might learn something. Maybe. And that's the whole thing. We I Even as a youngster, I remember in, even in... Even in high school, you know, there were, I, I had some, some older teachers that, um, you know, made propositions like that. And so I said, hey, you may not believe everything that I'm telling you, but I'm challenging you. Okay, research, that's how these research projects came up in school. And so, all right, write a research paper to defend this point or to argue that point or to whatever. Um, cite your references and you go through and you actually conduct legitimate research. That's how we were taught back in the day. I don't know what's being taught now. Um, but but here, here's the problem, okay? Today, society is all about me, 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 me. I got my hand out, and I want what I can get, and then some. They don't care about what's true and what's not true. They're just looking for the next handout. Well, and that's the thing. It goes back to, like I said, when when society has to um, come up with a new definition for a vaccine, uh, that should tell you everything. I mean, literally, logic has been thrown out the window. And uh, I'm sorry, logic has been publicly flogged uh, in mm -hmm. in the courthouse square. Uh, it has been tarred, feathered, yeah. flogged, and then decapitated. Yes. And then tossed out on its ear. Okay, so uh, once again, look up the term fallacy in a dictionary, in an old dictionary. Uh, they may not even be around anymore. I don't know, but the whole point is, 
that used to be the longest definition of any word in the King's English was the word fallacy because there were so many different types of fa fallacy, argumentum ad hominem, which is overly popular now. You know what? If I disagree at that point, I'm just going to attack your person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call you names. That's argumentum ad hominem. All right, just as an example. So oh, once you, again, you this is like we're not we're not going to get into a logic class and all this stuff, but that's the whole thing. You know, knowledge they have done an excellent job of stripping our society of knowledge, and um, the proverbial book burning. You know why why did the bad guys in the past want to do away with books? Well, because knowledge is power, and if people actually started to learn the truth, oh my God, what would happen? Well. These goofs may not be in power very much longer, you know. So that's the whole thing. Uh, but it is it is time for all of us, not just just me or you or the guy down the street. We all have to start to realize exactly what the heck is going on here right in front of our faces. And it has been going on for quite some time. That's why we're at the point that we are. And people wonder, oh my gosh, how did it get to this point? Well, uh, <laughs> well, and, and okay, that is a loaded question. Okay, yes. um, you know, there, depending on what camp you're in, you can say, well, okay, the politicians are to blame. Well, uh, the policy is to blame. Well, let's just boil it all the way down to the most essential part of the equation. We the people are to blame because we voted these assholes in, in office. Well, that also brings up another. And we allowed this to happen. We allowed this to continue to happen. Here's something else to consider along those lines. I'm glad you brought that up, Frank, because here's the thing. Um, our forefathers were deathly afraid of a few things, and one of which was what? Snakes. Besides snakes. Oh. Hey, that's why they had the flag and chopped it up and all. Yeah, <laughs> um, the, uh, the the overstepping government, the government uh, in general, the, the the party political system, the system of parties, okay. which we have now. And, well, I this mean, is the thing because why why were they in fear? Okay, they were in fear of the political party because they worried that the elected representative would first uh, represent the party and not the people. Oh, you mean kind of like they're doing now? Well, they're look. They serve themselves first now, okay? Because we have put, once again. Let's take that history lesson that I mentioned earlier. From FDR's administration on, what has happened? Step uh, by step by step. They've gotten richer while we've gotten poorer. Thank you very much. Before, I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want. I don't want to name names, but I'm going to. So the drunk that's now in the Speaker of the House, Pelosi, um, mm. um, how much money is she worth? Oh, millions. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing how they will buy stock and then sell stock in certain power companies in the hands of the few. Mm -hmm. is a definition of something called an oligarchy. Okay, once again, who's new world order? Who's not? Okay. Obviously we have had me. the power in the hands of the few for a very long time in this country. We have been living within an oligarchy, a state of oligarchy. All right? That is actually what's been happening. 
since FDR's term, with every administration more and more New World Order influence. As that influence grew, so did the benefits of the representatives. So did the salaries. So did everything else. All right. It used to be prior to that, excuse me, there were a couple of presidents that actually left office and went straight to the poorhouse because they lost their business while they were serving mm -hmm. a term. Okay. Because they were not allowed to run their business or receive uh, any benefits from that business while they were in office. Whether you were a state representative or sitting in the White House, it didn't make a difference uh, what position. One could not uh, benefit, and you only received the salary and per diem package that was issued to you from the government, and that was it. All right. And so we had a number of representatives that returned home uh, to end up in the poorhouse. They lost their business or they lost their farm because they did. You know, they, they couldn't find anybody uh, trustworthy enough to, to manage things while they were in office. And now, what do we have? So, this is where we're at. Uh, obviously, um, our future episodes uh, will be focused on uh, ways to help um, deal with, uh, manage, uh, um, survive uh, what's going to be coming up here in the near future. Actually, you know, I think we should focus in on how to survive. Oh, that's exactly what we've been doing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're, that's the whole thing. It, it, once again, it, it goes back to a, that mental concept, okay? It's great to, um, and I'm not discounting any efforts as far as uh, preparation for whatever, okay? It's all very, very good, and it's all... Uh, a dire necessity. However, if one does not strive for that superior mindset, uh, that extra can of beans isn't going to do any good. Mm -hmm. Okay, that firearm or extra can of ammunition or extra box of this or that isn't going to do any good. So, but it'll um, do me good. <laughs> well, you're a little bit different, Frank. I mean, that, that's that's why we're a couple of knuckle draggers on here. Uh, trying to espouse a, a bunch of uh, knowledge that we think that we have and uh, basically we're just a couple of entertainers. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's what so the bottom line is don't believe anybody on podcasts, you know, it's this, this internet thing and this YouTube thing. I mean, uh, we're just a bunch of goof <laughs> knuckle draggers that think that we learned something in previous experiences and all that garbage and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just a bunch of blah in the end. Really? So. Well. With that. Take yeah. a little more blah, and uh, hopefully you'll tune in for another episode. Bye now.